Welcome to the More Than More podcast, education edition, where we help you build a better business. All right. Hey, y'all. We are here today um, with Jen and Jared, um, two of my favorite people, and I thought of them for talking with, about with listings and sellers. Um, so introduce yourself. Say hi. Um, Jen, do you want to go first and give us a little just perspective for those who don't know you, who sure. you are and how long you've been in the business and those kinds of things? Yeah. So Jennifer Clark, everybody knows me as Jen. So this is, I'm on year 23 of being in the real estate business uh, out of the Urbandale location. Awesome, good. And Jared? Yeah, Jared Van Cleve, and 16 years in the business, and I'm in the Ames market. Okay, good. So again, um, yeah, when I think of some of the conversations that I've heard you guys have in team meetings, I just feel like you have a lot of value to share in working with sellers. So um, yeah, I think in, a lot of us are having conversations with sellers or everyone just looking for listings, or maybe have sellers that are on the fence and things. So I just wanna kind of dig into um, what are some of the fears and anxieties that sellers are having right now? What are the questions you're getting? How are we going about pricing? So it's kind of the overall kind of goal here of where we're going. So um, before we get to some of the specifics, um, how is the market right now for sellers? I mean, let's just kind of talk about that a little bit and whoever kind of wants to go. Um, just tell me about what you're experiencing with your sellers right now. Go ahead, Jared. I guess if I have to, I'll call on you. I, yeah, I, I don't care. Yeah. And we're uh, coming into a new year. So starting to have conversations with sellers as we come into spring, typically the market starts getting going about now. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, meeting with sellers, I think uh, we're a few years into the reality of multiple offers and higher than asking prices and the home selling quickly. And in, at least in the Ames market, um, you know, the delayed showing, okay, yeah. we list the property and then a week later we can start showings. And then three to four days later, we've got a, a deadline for when the offers can be presented. Right. And so they're hearing that, learning about that, understanding that. And so I, I think a lot of the conversations now that I'm having are surrounding strategies for right. those first few weeks. And what does it look like um, to deal with all of that activity mm -hmm. and how can we have a, a proper perspective on that. So right. a lot of discussions like that, um, utilizing the delayed showing to try to stack showing so that they don't have to be, okay, I've got this showing scheduled for three o'clock, uh, two days from now. And then a few hours later, okay, now I've got one. For, it, it's just a lot of clutter yeah. for them to work through. Yeah. And so this way, with at least with the delayed showing, there is a benefit to stacking the showings for mm -hmm. a couple days mm -hmm. and then they can be out. I've got one couple that's going to stay uh, the weekend in a hotel uh, oh, yeah. while their yeah, home's being shown, sure. take the animals with them. And yeah. so there's some value for them and just hitting it hard at the first uh, few days and then and then, you know, looking at those offers when they come in. Yeah, and good perspective, too, because delayed showing is obviously very specific for your market. Yeah. That's not something that we can do right. or allowed to do in any other market. So, right. And there's some controversy behind that yeah. as well. But, yeah, like the the expectations. Like what I hear in that is you are having a lot of conversations of setting them up for success, whatever that might look like. Mm -hmm. um, what are some – how's the market for your sellers right now? What are you experiencing? So I would say a lot of what Jared talked about, but I still think sellers are scared. Yeah. Is their house going to sell? Which, right. Which, you know, we can kind of laugh about that because right. um, pretty much all houses are selling right now. Um, so there's just talking through a lot of that. <clears throat> I've found that I'm asking them more than I ever did what price they have in mind. Yeah. Um, and then now I feel like I'm going back and seeing if I can justify that price. Yeah. Um, a few of them, I've been shocked at the price they told me and I thought, no, no way. way. But yeah. then when I start looking at the data, I'm like, okay, maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. Uh, that was something Jared and I were talking about before we started is 
we feel like with all of our knowledge and years of experience, we don't know how to price anything right now. Yeah. So, um, and then I'm doing the same thing, trying to convince them like, Hey, move out for a couple of days. Absolutely. Uh, do you have a vacation coming up? Let's strategize you being gone because you may have a ton of showings yeah. all at once. Um, some of that is obviously price point driven. So you have to kind of pay attention you don't want to say, hey, move out, and then you have no show. Yeah, no activity. So, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Hi. guys. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so there's a little bit of that. And then I've been kind of waiting to see what kind of activity we're getting. And okay. then we go back and strategize on, okay, when do we want to present, do an offer presentation time frame. Right. Um, so I can see some benefit in the delayed showing yeah, how that kind of works in your favor. This specific market, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you talked about one of the fears of sellers. Um, I want to kind of just see if there's anything else out there that you're hearing from people. So the sellers that are still coming to you and saying, but what if we're the one that doesn't sell, right? Like, right. Um, is there, are there other fears that you're hearing? Like, what are some other other fears? Yeah, I'd, I'd say some that are seller buyers mm, totally. are fearing, okay, so how do I line this up? to get a good situation on the sales side, but Absolutely. then the buy side is so challenging. And so, you know, I, I have been telling sellers, this is kind of the easy part right. of the equation. So yep. if you're also a buyer, that's a whole nother discussion. So we're even, we're doing unique things like uh, rent back situations to buy them time. Good. Maybe we close sooner and then rent back for a month or two or longer in order to okay. give them time. And if they've got their equity freed up, then they're able to proceed without a subject to sale. So there's some value there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of finding the property first yeah. that they're going to buy, have special financing available or bridge loan or at home equity line of credit to get that property purchased. Right. And then the sale part is kind of the easy part. Right. I mean, easy, relatively speaking. Right. No, absolutely. And is, have you found that that's a lot of price point specifics? I mean, do you, like what you advise there or what you kind of strategize with them on then going and purchasing, is that price point specific have you found or is it kind of all across the board almost? I would say the lower price point probably um, needs, it's more of a discussion. The higher price point, I think a lot of people probably in the higher price point have options um, uh, financially right. to move around. Okay. Um, the buyers that are purchasing the lower price point are probably renting already. Mm, and so that's true. they don't have a contingency. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think it kind of varies on price point, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious, how, how are buyers perceiving like, so like on your sell side, rent back, you said rent back. Um, that's not something that we like normally want to recommend. It's don't very encourage. scary. Don't yes. encourage that. Right. <laughs> um, but I mean, have buyers in this market mm. been more open to that? Do you think? Either. Uh, I think, well, something that came to mind when he was talking is another thing I've been talking to sellers about is, do you have a preferred closing date? Because I do think the wheels have kind of turned on that and that the sellers are setting the close date now, right? Um, which is, I don't know, kind of cool in one respect of, I think. So that's the new conversation I'm having with them is, what is your goal? When do you want to be gone by? And then we're kind of strategizing or working backwards. Um, and I don't think it's abnormal anymore to put a house on the market in May and say we're not, or March and say we're not closing till June. Right. Like, usually we would you be have like, the why, power would a little bit more. why would you ever do that? But, right. um, you know, I think that's a, a good point. And it seems like our market starts earlier and earlier. Yeah. Like, you know, December, January, I mean, I was having conversations with folks that are planning to list later this summer, and we've been talking about it back in January, which is yeah. nice for us because within our walls, we can start talking about right. those listings that are coming up. And help them plan into that a yeah. little bit more. And so I think most 
buyers have kind of figured out if they want a specific house, they're just going to have to be flexible um, and willing to do some work in some cases. I'm still making my sellers get their houses ready. Yeah, and I want to talk about that too. That's where we're going yeah. next. Okay. okay, go ahead. No, go. No, yeah. so I, I always tell them that you get one chance. Like if you go out on a first date, you would brush your teeth and comb your hair, right? So that's, <laughs> would you? Yeah, I mean. I would hope so. I would hope so. <laughs> so that's what I tell my sellers. I'm like, you get one shot um, to have the house look as best as it's going to. And so most of my sellers don't want to paint. I mean, who does? We all hate painting. Right. But that is the conversation I still have with them. Although I am second guessing myself in this market that right. maybe you don't have to. Uh, but I do just talk them through that scenario like you might not have to, but there's that, ch- you know, you're going to look better if we if we do get it well appointed. So still having that f- conversation, you know, cleaning it. We have a full list of things we make them do Good. from washing windows to cleaning their ductwork, like the vents, what I mean by that. And I, yeah. Like, and yeah. then even wiping down their furnace and water heaters. I right. mean, that oh, sounds crazy, but, you know, make those polish because... That's one thing that scares buyers too. It seems like they get older looking systems. Yeah, yeah. cobwebs. They're like, what is going on? Yeah, so so, good, true. Um, And so, yeah, I did want to dig into that. I know you are really a good proponent of product, and I've always kind of heard you really talk about that. Um, So let's dig in product and price. So product a little bit more, Jared, from your perspective. What are you recommending to sellers in this market as far as um, needing to get their home ready versus not? How how ready? How are you dealing with that conversation? Yeah, and I think it the discussion kind of varies based on the client, right? Absolutely. And uh, sometimes asking, okay, do you have a budget for some things that you want to do to the home to get it ready? Uh, but like Jen, I'm I'm really a proponent of, of having a solid product that's polished, that looks really good. And I think in the long run, you know, even through the inspection and the other times that the buyer's in the home, right. if they have a good experience initially and it continues to be a good experience, that's only beneficial for both sides of right. the equation. Right. Um, so yeah, the cleaning, I talk about the big three, you know, declutter, organize and clean. Ooh, I like that. And those are simple you know, elbow grease type things, typically not a lot of money involved with doing those types of things. That but, makes a big difference But overall. very helpful for how it how it's viewed on the photos as well as in person. Love that. And it makes moving day easier, yes. right? Oh my goodness. you're preparing now. Yeah. Yes. You're yeah. moving more, it anyway. The more yeah. they can do up front, the easier it'll be after the showing That's start. That's so good. So we talk about, you can use the garage and the basement storage as staging areas for the move. Buyers expect that you're yeah. moving because yeah. you're selling your home. It's yeah. okay to have boxes, but right. how is it organized? Does it look neat? Can people navigate the different Through rooms? It. Yep. Uh, and then paint is just such a a low cost, big change that can happen to a home. Uh, I do have staging services that we talk about. Yeah. So yeah, some of those things are really helpful still. Okay. Um, I, I totally agree with you guys. I mean, I, yeah, the product you will get one shot, right? I love that. Um, but what if you, I mean, again, it varies depending on your seller, but what if they're, they are pushing back a little bit, like based on the time or based on cost of getting the home ready or whatever, if it's not the things that they can just elbow grease, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the conversations you're having when they're like, but we don't have the time, we don't have the money, we don't, whatever. What are, what do those look like for you guys? Well, obviously, obviously in this market, I feel like sellers are kind of at an advantage and that they may not have to do as much of that prep work. Um, the last two houses I went through, I mean, I will say borderline hoarders. They weren't, but thank God, goodness, when I asked them both their plan, they were like, oh, well, we're not, we'll be, va- well, they'll be vacant. And I was like, thank oh, you. Okay, I'm glad you're moving first. Yeah, because I was like, mm, not sure how we're going to navigate through this. Yeah. Um, but 
one uh, house was going to be vacant and it was, you know, they'd lived there for 13 years, hadn't really done anything to it. It was oak, all the things that nobody wants. And so I'm like, okay, we're for sure staging this just so we can try to hide some of those blemishes because yeah. when you do have a vacant house, you're going to see gonna everything. See oh, absolutely. Um, so just having that conversation with them. And if they won't do the paint, then I'm like, okay, then let's polish the woodwork. Like go get the old English, like, okay. you know, po- polish it as much as you can. Okay. Obviously spots that are really bad, I'm like, try a magic eraser, clean the walls, do what you can. Right. Um, so far, I've been pretty fortunate in that most of them, and then I'll show them the market too. Like, hey, these are the yes. houses that look like what everybody wants right. that they see on HGTV. And this is what they're willing to here's, pay for it. here's the ones that weren't. Like this, yeah. you know, was grandma's house with wallpaper. And yeah. so you can see the price difference. So, you know, if you want to maximize your value, then sometimes you have to put in the effort. So. And do you feel like that is still true now? I mean, like, I mean... I do, but I do, I mean, we are low on inventory, so houses are still selling, you know, um, I haven't gone back and tracked if they're still getting the higher percentage, you know, that that's up there with the the top of the market. But, um, so it's kind of, I mean, it's a catch 22, right? And that's what I tell them, like in this market, I don't know, like, where's the dartboard? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So what is, what are some of those conversations look like for you? That was really good. Yeah. Similar. Um, yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, I echo those things. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good uh, perspective. And what's the question again? Yeah, no, so yeah, on uh, if they don't have time, you know, you're good. If they don't have time oh, sure. or the budget With to the do some of the changing. things that you're doing, um, how's that conversation look the same or different now? Yeah, yeah, I think I think now the properties are selling quickly with a low inventory yeah it kind of doesn't matter it just needs to be on the i i have used the example of the covid toilet paper thing you know if the shelf is empty (laughs) the toilet paper (laughs) is more expensive and everybody's you know who cares i don't care what ply it is i just need it (laughs) it's fine (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i love that that's a good yeah yeah so uh, but it's again we need to feel it out with the individual seller if they're willing to do those things i think in the end it Will it's going to be helpful for yeah. them because especially buyers today, you know, uh, they will pay more if things are in better condition or yeah. if they are more updated, if they look more presentable online, they're going to attract more showings. Yeah. And so I think all the more double down on how the product is positioned because good. that, that might actually gain you significantly more yeah. in the price. Yeah. That's good. Good. Okay. Um, So actually kind of, I liked the, uh, I don't know, where's the dartboard conversation. Mm -hmm. So let's try that with the pricing conversation next. Okay. Um, So pricing, I mean, yeah, like this, it's a little crazy, right? Um, And, you know, before we even started, you said my, your level of confidence is maybe like, I don't know, like if I, am I pricing it right? Right. Um, So I guess just how are you going about the discussion with them? And then also um, the strategy for how then you're guiding them in that, in that conversation. So that's why I'm asking them if they have yeah. a number more than ever. Yeah. Um, I don't recall like years past that that was like something I actually always asked. Yeah. I'm always asking it. Okay. Some of them are still saying, well, we're looking to you to yeah. give us a number, but I'm like liars. I yeah, know they you have still a have a number in their <laughs> like, head. I know you have one. They do. Um, so I'm for sure trying to get that number yeah. out of them. And then I, I'm constantly second guessing. So I still walk down the hall and I'll talk to Megan or oh, whoever yeah, and just, you know, pick their brain. Um, I've, I really like the, um, I'm going to blink on what it is on the realist or whatever on MLS. Oh, realist so tax. I'll look mm-hmm. at the tech, like to see what that's yeah. coming at. Yeah. It gives you kind of a, it's a really wide range, but yeah. it kind of gives you a range. 
I'm still weird in that I use my like three to 5%, although I've been fluffing it a little bit more if they've made a lot of changes. I'm like, okay, maybe it's more like five and a half to seven, depending, you know, for the years that they've been in the house. Okay, so appreciation they, is yep, kind of what you're saying. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep, yep. From what they paid for it. Yeah. Um, but I'm still constantly second guessing. And so if they have a price and I'm like, well, we could maybe justify it, so we'll give it a shot. Yeah. I'm still the conversation of, okay, if we have 10 people through your house and we're not getting any offers, then Absolutely. we need to reevaluate the situation. Situation, and they're always on board for that. Good. Luckily, we haven't had that situation yet, but... Yeah, so more often than not, definitely asking for their number mm-hmm. um, and then maybe seeing if if that number is reasonable. Like, right. let's, we could try to push it in this yep. space. Good. Yep. Okay, Jared, how about you? How's those, how those going? Yeah, f- um, agree with Jen. Um, the fundamentals are still important. You know, okay. running a CMA, uh, checking, you know, some of the, the apps that we have, some of the, the marketing information. Um, right. And... And doing the doing the data work to educate them. Here's the market. You know, this last month, the previous month, maybe even look back a year. Yeah. Uh, here's what's active uh, because that's what we're competing with. And the list yep. is usually pretty short. Yeah. Uh, if any. <laughs> Not much. Right. <laughs> or it's all new construction. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh, good. What's pending is really helpful yeah. right now because that list is usually bigger. Longer. Yeah. Good point. And so I'm pulling up a lot of the pending list and trying to find homes that are similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there are more under contract than there are available right now. Uh, and then also uh, with the pending, sometimes calling the other yeah. agents that have the contracts oh, in place. Like yeah. yeah, I had an agent call me the other day. Hey, you know, what what did you get for this property? If you're willing to share with me, I'm running an analysis on another property. Kind of want to know. And, well, and by the way, in doing that, yeah. those agents will tell you, hey, so-and-so also wrote an offer or this agent wrote yeah, an offer. We had so several call them, people that didn't. Yeah, call them because yeah, they might have a buyer totally. still. Totally, yeah, so that coopetition, we like to call it here yeah, in Century absolutely. 20, uh, ba- both within our own walls, but also outside our walls, I think, there's a lot more value in partnering with agents and other companies that we've done business with in the past Absolutely. that maybe have a line or a string of buyers or sellers in whatever price point we're right. searching. Right. Uh, building that rapport. And I know we're all kind of really competing with each other right now, but at the end of the day, this too will pass and those relationships that we have established will hopefully remain and, yeah. and be better for it as yeah. we cooperated through these times. So that's kind of the pending side. And then obviously the sold side. And there are fewer sales, which impacts the appraisal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And different times of years, you know, different times of the year might have yep, fewer sales to yep. pull from. Yep. But I am actually going back a couple years, maybe okay. now, to get a few more sold okay. comps and then maybe, you know, boosting those values a little bit based okay. on the, the current uh, situation with pricing. Looking at all of that, trying to educate the seller and then as the seller is saying, well, this is what I'd like to have. Hopefully it matches the (laughs) data. Uh, And then sometimes we do coming into this market, add some additional value because we're coming into the primary season, which is where they're likely to get the highest price. And that's interesting that you said you were even going back further because I've also heard like the other, like, I think it's good to analyze both. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I like to analyze both as well, but I'm almost hearing more people saying, but you really need to just pay attention to what happened in the last 90 days because it's changing so fast. Definitely. Can you dig into like the strategy behind that just a little bit more like 90 days versus going further back? Yeah, because there might be, uh, because of the fewer sales, I might need to go a little further back to find some that are a little more similar and then to, yeah, the apples, the apples, and then be able to 
that property that is a closed home would probably be worth more now too. So maybe adding some value True. to that closed True. home and then using it as a comp. That's good. Yeah. I like that. We got, yeah, we got to go what we can find, yes. right? So right? Sometimes you do have to go further or depending on the property and how unique it is. Like that's always been another way to go. Um, so another kind of concept that I've heard of, and I'm just interested if you guys have t- um, done this at all, kind of purposely pricing maybe under a market versus giving the shot in the dark. Let's try that price that the sellers maybe want, right? Um, the, you know, stri- pricing under purposely to try to drive up more traffic um, or yeah, or the higher number, see what happens. I don't know. Do you have any advice for either one of those? Have you used a different strategy there, either of you? I have never done that and I hate it when agents do that. <laughs> when you Especially feel like they if are. I have a buyer that that's already at the top of their, right. that's their so budget hard. because they're they're not going to get it. Um, so yeah. no, I, I personally have not done that. Um, <clears throat> I don't love multiple offer situations. Right. <laughs> they're super stressful. Yeah. And I tell my sellers that because I'm like, we might pick the wrong offer. You know, right. you just don't know. Um so I'm not a fan of that at all. This My last one that I had, my sellers had a price in mind, and I actually came to them and I said, well, I think we could probably do 10 to 20 grand Push more than more. that. Good. Um, so I said, I'll let you pick. And they picked something. I think they went over five grand from where they originally thought, and we ended up well over that. So um, I guess you could say that one was a yeah. little underpriced, yeah, but it was, well within, it was well within the range of yeah. where it should have been. Okay. How about you, Jared? Any? Yeah, I'm same as Jen. Yeah. I I don't typically do that, uh, but I have been on the buying side of agents that it seems like are doing, doing that. that. Yeah, and uh, I just I'm, I'm baffled why you know why would you do that? At least pick pick a fair market value, not yeah. under. Right. Um, That's more where I live, so I thought it was yeah. just an interesting strategy when I heard it. Um, one from one of the coaches that we listened to. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I have some maybe times. Sometimes it's not purposeful, like right. because we're like, uh, here, you yeah. know, um, we're not necessarily purposely picking something low, but maybe some out there are kind of using that strategy, so it can be interesting for the buyers yeah, out there I too. Could, I could maybe see a situation you might utilize that strategy if it's a unique property or mm-hmm. something that maybe people wouldn't be as interested in, but if they see it come up at a really good price, it could maybe really would drive attract up some, some traffic. Yeah, like my one bedroom house that oh, I yeah. have coming up, just Light. price it really <laughs> low so that I can get people see, in the door. Get people, see what happens, drive it up. Possibly. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah that's, and for me, I've always been nervous about, yeah, if we do go, what if it doesn't do what you think it right. would do for that? Like that makes well, me nervous you look too. like a buffoon. Yeah. Or just raise the price like new construction. No. Yeah, yeah. Right. Don't do that. <laughs> Um, so actually you did mention new construction a little bit, right? So how do you have the discussion because of over two thirds of our inventory being new construction, when you do have these resale sellers that you're working with, um, is the new construction your competition? Like what's, what's that conversation look like? So that's why I go back to the having your house, you know, as well appointed as you can, because that is your competition is new construction. Um, obviously there's benefits to a resale that a lot of buyers don't, maybe they think about, I pointed out to my buyers when they're looking only at new construction is you've got the lamp in most cases, the landscaping's done, you know, the, you've got the window coverings and that sort of thing. Um, I have not been pricing mine at the same as new construction. Okay. Um, but I know some people are pricing their resales, especially if they're maybe less than five years old, they're pricing them at the same price point as new. I haven't tried that. Okay. Okay. Similar. I mean, considering it and, you know, okay, so this is what the new property uh, 
is valued at. But if somebody has done a bunch of improvements to their home, yeah, maybe we'll look a little bit closer to that if right. they just spent a lot on renovations right. and it's got a lot of the nice new finishes uh, compared to new construction. Uh, a lot of it boils down to neighborhood yeah. and where it's located. If somebody really wants established, mature trees, you know, it can it's kind of, of apples and oranges yeah. a little bit, yeah. and maybe more so in Ames uh, because we have fewer new construction yeah. uh, options. Right. Um, I think the resale is probably pretty strong compared to maybe Where some other here. markets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, kind of wrapping up with one last question for each of you. Um, so again, your years of experience, worked with lots and lots of sellers. Um, what's kind of like a, a number one, if you can think of like one thing that like if I, I wish I would have known this early on working with sellers, this is kind of the thing that I would tell all new agents or tell myself even as I was new. Or even if it's some specific to this last two to three years, it can be something, you know, very specific to now too. So any top tip for working with sellers? <laughs> Jared, you get to go yeah, first I as Jen. I, <laughs> it fine. helps me to think about these types of questions I know, too because they're know. so specific. But I, the, the first thing that popped to my mind was to be a consultant yeah. and take the time to listen, to not just come in here, both barrels blaze, and this yeah. is what I'm going to do for you so and good. all my benefits and tools and tips and tricks and mm -hmm. But to just have kind of the presence of mind to, to say, what are you looking for in an agent? You yeah. Know, what do you need out of your house? What, what strategies are important to you? How do you want your home marketed? You know, and they're asking me for all of that, but I kind of want to know. Meet them where yeah, they're what, at. Yeah. What are their expectations coming in? In today's day and age, they spent time on, on all these websites, you know, researching how should I present my home and what should I yeah. do? and. And marketing, and it, it, they're just so informed, uh, and they've got their own goals and their own aspirations for how this process is going to go and what it leads to with the new purchase or the move to another state. And so I, I really, if I could tell, you know, 16 years ago, Jared, to, <laughs> to just settle down a little bit. Yep. Um, take your time to, to be educated by your client and what is important to them. And, so then, good. and then pattern my strategy to really meet their expectations where they're at. I might find that the process would go a little bit smoother for both parties because then they'd feel like they really truly have an advocate for Yeah, I love for, that. Yeah. Ask really good questions to listen first. Like meet them where they're at. That's really good. Okay, how about Jen? Um, so probably what I think of is not to be so afraid of sellers. I mean, yeah. I used to get really, really, really nervous at listing appointments. Um, and still to this day, like if, if it's only one spouse and not both of them, I'm like, nope, I want you both there because oh, it just seems like they can't go back and <laughs> articulate no, totally. what it is that no, you totally, definitely. And um, I let them know that every single one of these appointments for me is an interview. Like I don't come in here assuming that you're going to hire me, but I'm with Jared too. Like just really listening to what they want. So I leave behind a packet, but I don't set and go through it right. um, with them. I mean, I tell them their time is valuable. I appreciate that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that would probably be the biggest thing for me. Um, and I don't ever give a number to them when I'm there. I never have. I never will. Okay. Um, and I explain to them why. I'm like, I, I, I mean, yeah, I could go look at what the market is saying, but your house is completely different than what, like, I can't see it or give you a number without seeing it. That's good. And I won't give a number on the fly because nine times out of 10, I'm going to be wrong. Yeah, it's good. I like those. That was like a, and, few, a few tips in one. That was really and good. And when you say a yeah. number, you mean price. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I won't give them a price. But what, what were you thinking? Commissions uh, or, gotcha, gotcha. You know, fees yeah. and things like that. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Oh, when I know if they open with that, we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> like, Maybe this what? isn't going to be a yeah. good fit anyway. Yeah. It's really good. Exactly. That was, there was a lot of really good nuggets in there. So okay. don't be afraid. Yeah. Um, listen, both of you definitely said that. Listen, meet them where they're at. Um, don't give numbers necessarily without really having a better basis of knowledge and walking in. So that's good. Okay. Thank you very much both for being here. Um, I appreciate your time. You're Thank welcome. you. Thank you for joining us today. For more episodes, resources, and show notes, head to morethanmorepodcast.com. <laughs>